0: Is so
1: come before you so humbled. God, I pray that this week we rest in your goodness. We rest in the fact that nothing on this earth can satisfy. God, you are what we are looking for, and I pray that we draw nearer to you. God, I pray for the rest of this night that we come closer to you in a way that we haven't before. And I pray that we also come closer to each other, meet new people. God, build a community and, yeah, make this church stronger. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, our scripture reading for tonight is from Philippians 2, 12-18, and it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Can we give Kaylee a round of applause for reading our scripture today? By the way, uh, if you guys didn't know, Kaylee and Nicholas back there got married not long ago. Yeah. 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 It was a beautiful wedding, beautiful wedding. Uh, Before we uh, go into the sermon today, can can we just go before the Lord in prayer one more time? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, uh, uh, we recognize and you know the hurts that we walk into this room with. God, you know all the sin that maybe we have committed. God, you know our heart posture right now. You know the joyous situations and you know the hard ones. God, I just pray that in this time, Father, that you speak through me. And any word that comes from not from you through my mouth, Father, I pray that it is forgotten and is blown with the wind. So, God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you together, one in your name. And so, God, I pray that you bless this time. And I pray that as we go through your word together, God, you open up our minds and you renew our minds to be conformed unto your son. So, God, we thank you, and we say this in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, guys. So, we're continuing our series going through the book of Philippians. And our last service, we had the opportunity from hearing from my really good friend, Kellen Grant. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Kellen. (laughs) And he was speaking on what it means to have joy in the midst of suffering. And I'm sure it was amazing, I wish I was there. Um, but if you guys don't know, I was gone in Japan with an amazing team. Mariah was there. Alex was there. Alex Rodriguez. Oh, he's right there. Uh, Claire Kalinko. Ashley. actually, Alicia Lewis. And Josh Mann. Uh, we went to Japan. And we got the opportunity to uh, encourage the pastor out there and also the congregation. And also be able to play worship music to a group of 1,000 high schoolers and 200 college students. And it was amazing. And I had to play guitar. And it was absolutely terrifying. Bless Mariah was so patient with me every step of the way. Thank you, Mariah. Uh, (laughs) So we're going to be continuing our series going through the book of Philippians. And as you guys may know, this is actually my last night with you guys. This is my last sermon here as the young adult pastor. My last, <laughs> my last official day is this Sunday. So, you know, if you guys still need anything, hit me up. And, and Sunday, don't, t- don't talk to me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My line's line's always open to you guys. I love y'all. Uh, so this is my last sermon as a young adult pastor. And I can't even begin to explain how grateful I am. I am, for each and every single one of you, uh, for welcoming me, encouraging me, encouraging my wife, and welcoming us, and also walking alongside us as she's pregnant, and seeing her pregnant and, you know, soon to give birth to our child. Uh, But I've been reflecting on these past 10 months, and uh, I've been, if you guys don't know, I was in this role for about 10 months, but seven months of it was, we have been doing these young adult nights. The first three months was pretty much planning for these, and so it was a headache, but it was great. Uh, but I've been reflecting on these past ten months, and I was trying to think about how do I want to end my time here? How do I want to encourage those who have been showing up? How do I want to encourage those who have been serving? How do I want to thank those who have been here? And I thought, what better way than to share the words of Paul, who Paul was writing to the church in Philippi. A church that he, as we read in in these pieces of scripture, to Paul and Timothy to encourage this church, to encourage them, that he was encouraging them as he is gone to be thankful and to be joyous. And so I thought what better words to share than the words of Paul, who is writing this very letter to encourage them that as he is in prison to be thankful throughout everything. So my first point for us today, and then we'll get into our scripture, is this, is that God is the center of Christianity. We are to rely on him while also obeying him. I know that sounds weird. Without the scripture, it makes no sense. God is the center of Christianity. We are to rely on him while also obeying him. So if you have your Bibles, if you would indulge me, and you would open up your Bibles to uh, Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, and if you have your phones, I'll forgive you this one time, But please bring your physical Bibles. We love physical Bibles. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. We're going to start there and we'll continue. Give you a couple moments. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So we see here, Paul is writing this letter. He is telling Timothy. He is telling, Paul, he is telling Timothy and the servants of Christ Jesus, this church in Philippi, he is encouraging them that as he is gone, to continue to obey. That as much as they have obeyed when he was present, to obey even as much in his absence. And it's a beautiful thing that he is telling them. He is charging them. And I charge this with you guys as well. That as I have seen many people come to the front with convictions, with tears, with sin that they wanted to commit. I've had one-on-ones with people who have been going through hardships. I've seen life change. I've seen people want to repent. People want to turn away and turn towards God. I've seen joyous times. I've seen friendships start to be made. I've seen many beautiful things happen here. And my encouragement to you is as I leave, continue. Continue to obey continue to build and foster a beautiful community that we're only seven months in, but I've had memories and have friendships that I hope never leave. And so I encourage you in that as I leave. But Paul, something interesting here, Paul, one of the most influential Christian leaders of all time, behind Jesus Christ, obviously, is telling this church, is telling them and is encouraging them to, even in his absence, obey. How much more for us? How much more for a weak vessel as myself? As myself? That what Paul is doing here, he's, he's pointing them towards God. He is pointing them away from himself. We have this tendency in Western culture to cling to inspirational, encouraging, or even uh, dynamic, uh, charismatic preachers or pastors. That sometimes they become the very reason that we show up to a church. The sole reason we come up to show up to a church. So much so that I've heard it from people that this is the, they attribute their salvation to these pastors. They attribute so much that they idolize these preachers. And Paul here is giving us a remedy that is kind of way of thinking. Saying you don't need me. You have all that you need. I have seen people who have seen a scandal of a pastor who is sexually immoral or in whatever way. I have seen pastors leave. I have seen pastors even pass away. And people's faith be wrecked because of it. And that is a faith that is not built upon God, our firm foundation, but built on a weak foundation of mere mortals, of mere man. And so Paul, in this small little snippet, gives us a gem. One of the most influential leaders saying, even in my absence, you can obey. And you should obey. So instead of him pointing them towards himself, he is telling them, as we see in verse, this is the word part, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. To work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I know this verse seems kind of weird because I thought I couldn't earn my salvation. I thought I couldn't work to earn my salvation. Well, if we look at the original Greek word here, I'm going to geek out for a little bit. On work out, the word is, I'm going to butcher this. I should have looked this up beforehand. Stay with me. (laughs) Kater Butcher. You know what? (laughs) Thank you. Here's what I'm going to do. Take a picture. Look it up. And listen to it, because I butchered it. But that word, it means to do that from which something results. So what this verse is telling us is it is literally telling us to work out our salvation. To do something to which to earn a result. That he, that he is telling us to do something to get salvation. That seems contradictory, right? To the rest of scripture, to everything that scripture has taught us, that if it is through faith alone that so no one can boast. Right? Well, let's look at the whole context of this scripture. Because looking at this alone, a lot of people can really stumble in their faith. So notice, in verse 12, it says this. Therefore, you see that in the very beginning. You guys are going to learn some how to read your Bible today, all right? Therefore, any time in the Bible it says, therefore, that means it is, is continuing on to a sentence that was beforehand. You get that? So if you read this by itself, you're not going to get the full context. You're not going to understand what Paul is trying to, get, uh, trying to get to us here. So therefore, so let's read the verses beforehand. Verses, uh, it'll be 8, oh no, sorry, it'll be 9 to 11. Therefore, again... God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. So we're seeing that this sentence we just heard, to work out our salvation, this command that Paul is giving us, is, is in response to this part. Because Christ Was exalted. But there's a therefore before that too. Let's let's continue. In verse 5 down to 8, it says this In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So now let's put this together. These first piece of sections, right? It's telling us to to serve one another as Christ has served us. He was humbled and he was obedient even to the point of his own And that's what this piece of scripture is telling us to do in our relationships with one another. Be willing to lay our lives down to be obedient to God. And therefore, God, God exalted Christ because he laid his life down on the cross for us. Do you see that? Because Jesus laid his life down for the cross, he was exalted. Therefore, work out your salvation. Do you see that? We are seeing that God has asked us all in relationship with one another to obey him by being in humility and serving one another and being willing to be even obedient even in death. Because God exalted Christ who died on the cross, therefore we work out our salvation. And it goes even further, but just wait one second before I hit the gas. See... What this scripture tells us, to work out our salvation, it lays out at pieces of how our daily lives and our posture with God need to be. That what it means to work out your salvation is to live a life of humility. To live a life as a servant. To live a life that is obedient to God even to the point of death. Why? Because Christ was exalted and we know at the end of the day in our salvation, we then will be exalted as well And we see this beautiful picture that is being laid out for us in Scripture. That if we didn't go forward, we would miss what he was saying here. Now, he even says, to even do this with fear and trembling. He adds this, why? Because he is putting an exclamation point on this, circling it, underlining it, whatever you do in your Bible. Highlight it, you know, journal it out, whatever it is. He is making sure we see this and that it is the utmost of importance our walk with God, to serve one another, to love one another, to be obedient to God even to the point of death. And that's what it means to be a Christian, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling and to take this to utmost importance, right? This means to, to withhold from temptation. This means to withhold from sin in your life. This means to withhold from the things that this world may throw at you and that gives you a cheap counterfeit of what God has promised you. That's what sin is. Sin is a cheap counterfeit to what God has offered us. But yet, we take it every time and aren't filled with the joy that God has meant for us to have. And it means to be diligent in prayer. Diligent reading your word. Sitting with God to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Keeping at the front, fr- the front of your mind at all times. God in the center. Now, before you're thinking I'm talking about work-based salvation, let's read the very next verse. 13, verse 13 says this. Ready? For it is. You notice that. We see therefore, right? We see we are to serve, we are to be obedient, we are to be humble. Therefore, Christ was exalted because he displayed that on the cross. Therefore, we are to work out our salvation. Why? Because it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do you see that? Does that make sense? In my mind it does, but I don't know if it does to you guys. <laughs> Do you see that? We are to be humble, obedient, even to death, because Christ, therefore, because Christ was exalted because he displayed that on the cross. Therefore, we are to work out our salvation, our salvation with fear and trembling because It is God who works in you. It is not of your own strength. It is not of your own doing. It is the will of God who is in you, the power of God. You can't do it on your own, and I think you, I don't need to tell you guys that. You cannot be perfect, and you never will be perfect. Thanks be to God for his death on the cross for our sins. But it is the power of God who will help us to fulfill the will that he has for each of our lives, not from our own works. But from God's power alone. Now, do you see how that all comes together? Some of you may be even thinking that, man, I've done way too many terrible things. I've done way too many things in order for God to fulfill his purpose in my life. I've done, I have strayed way too far. Well, thanks be to God, it is not by man's strength that he fulfills his will. God is in the business, and we see it all throughout Scripture. He's in the business of using the weak to humble the proud. We see that he's in the business of using, um, I don't know other way to say it, but the dumb to shame the wise. Because man's power can only go so far, but through the acts of the Holy Spirit and God's power in our life, it can transcend anything that man can ever do. Because we are not following a God who just... Tells us to do stuff and sits idly by. But we, we are following a God who equips us through anything. But. But. Are we going to be obedient is the question. He's not a genie in the bottle. He's not someone who just sins abounds or grace abounds. Paul says that's foolishness. That if you are a new creation, and you are found in Christ alone. That means... God has changed you. He is working in you. The way of life you were once living is no more. He is actively working and morphing you to look more like his son. So his will and his purpose can be made at the end of the day. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to to, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. It is the center of Christianity, is God. And we are to rely upon him and obey him in that. And his will will be made evident because of his Do not get it twisted. You will not be able to do this without God. Think about the greatest accolade you have ever had, the best GPA, the the championship you won, whatever it is, the best thing that you are at, that pales into comparison to the weight and the power and the majesty of our God and the power that he can do through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that he can change people. Think about that. Dead bones made alive. God can do that. But yet we choose to rely on ourselves time and time again. So my prayer is that as I leave as your pastor, is that your ultimate treasure, your ultimate uh, guide and provider will be God. Because He is more trustworthy than anyone and is the author and the perfecter of your faith. For he is good, and may your life be full of the pursuit of his character, and may you obey him for the rest of your days. So we see in Paul's first two verses, these two verses, that we are to work out our salvation, but it is only through the power of God that that is even possible in the first place. You cannot earn your way to salvation, you cannot earn your way to heaven. It is through the power of God that that is even possible. So secondly, I want to, uh, the second point for you guys is this, in order to be a light in the world, we must be a joyful servant, absent of grumbling. In order to be a light in this world, we must be a joyful servant, absent of grumbling. Grumbling. We get in the first couple of verses, he's telling us, obey, right? He's telling the church, obey, and I'm telling you guys, obey, <laughs> but what are we going to do? Uh, I'm glad you're asked. He, uh, he answers that for us. Verses 14 to 16 say this. Do everything without grumbling. Uh, some people even grumble at that own statement. Or arguing, so that you may be become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. As you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in Vain. so what has god called us to do he has called us to be a light to be an ambassador for christ in a very dark world that is anti-god see paul starts off by though telling him that we are to do everything without grumbling we are to obey god and don't grumble how many times have you felt the Lord prompting you to pray for somebody or share the gospel with somebody and you just go, hmm, I don't know about that, God. My Starbucks order is about to come up, I gotta go, whatever it may be. Right? But God asks us, He what he asks for is a joyful servant, not a servant that every step away is gonna be dragging their feet and grumbling, but somebody, a servant who is gonna go joyfully to what God has called for them to do, him to do, them to do. Now, how hard can this be? We are surrounded by a world, and he says, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. How much more true can that be today? (laughs) But he doesn't say, argue, crumble. He says, shine like a light. Shine like a star in the dark. And this is what Paul is charging them, encouraging them to do. To obey God with humility, servanthood, obedience, even to death. And to be a light without grumbling. And the only way to be that light is not to grumble. Now, How hard can that be? Now how can one even accomplish this? Well, the prior verse tells us, for it is God who works in you. But let's see where that light comes from. John chapter 8, verse 12 says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said... I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. A.W. Tozer once said, the man who has met God is not looking for something. He has found it. He is not searching for light. Upon him, the light has already a lot of times we ask, "How are we going to be a light?" I can't be happy. This person's doing x, y, z. How do you, How are you so joyful? That light has already been given to us. John eight twelve makes it very clear. Anybody that is following him has that light of Christ. That Jesus is that ultimate light that shined on that cross. Do you see that? Why? Because he was humble. He was a servant, and he was obedient to death, even though he was mocked. That. We were considered once enemies to God. Because of our sin and our rebellion, we were considered enemies to God. Let that sink in. Enemies to the God who created the universe. But out of his grace and his mercy, he sent his one and only son for his enemies. To live the life we could not live. To die on the cross. To be mocked, to be shamed, to be spat upon, to be pierced on the side. To hang and to take his last breath. And what did he say to those who were enemies to him? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they have done. Take that in. He was being crushed by the wrath of God, the wrath that was supposed to pour upon us, pour upon his one and only son. And when he died, he died for his enemies, willingly, humbly, not grumbling, but obedient. And then he rose three days later and ascended to the right hand of the Father and claimed victory over death. And now for anybody who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Do you see that? Where do you get the light, my friends? You get it from the cross. You get it from Jesus Christ. It says clearly in John 8, 12, that those who follow him will have the light of life. How are you to withhold a crooked generation, peer pressure, so many different things? Look towards the cross. Any moment of darkness, temptation, peer pressure, anger, we look towards the light that has already been given to us. And his name is Jesus Christ. Uh, if you guys know, I, I went recently to a trip to Japan for a mission trip. And amazing, I was telling people I don't want to come back. If it wasn't for my wife, I'd still be out there. Um, but one of the things I remember, and team, I, I'm sure you guys will remember this too, but... Uh, We get there and we have an orientation with the pastor and the two missionaries that we were visiting. And I remember them telling us about, you know, how Japan is, less than 1% Christianity rate, suicide through the roof, depression, even though they seem like they got it all together. There's depression that is astronomical. I remember uh, Gordon, uh, one of the missionaries, he tells us, he says, there's a language barrier between you guys. I don't speak Japanese, they don't speak very good English. But he says, that doesn't mean you can't be an ambassador for Christ. He told us, at first I, I laughed, but he told us, just smile. I was like, what? <laughs> just smile. What is that going to do? And he told us that Japanese people, they care so much about the people around them, that they are constantly going out of their way to help others. He says, what would it be like if Americans came to Japan and out the Japanese people? There must be something different there, right? There must be something, he was saying, they would wonder, what is up with these Americans? I thought they were lazy. That's not what they think of us, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you see, that light, that joy, that servanthood, serving one another, to love one's neighbor as themselves, that's a way you can be a light. Even when words can't even comprehend. Even when they don't understand. Now, that was in Japan. How much more so should we be doing that in our own neighborhood? It's easy to go to a foreign country where you don't know the problems, where you don't know the people as much, but how much harder is it to sit by the people you do day-to-day life with and be a light every single day with them? It's difficult. Think about your zip code. Think about the areas that you work, the school that you go to, the, the, the sports you're in, the friends you have, the family you have that don't know Christ. How are you going to be a light in their lives and shine like a star amongst a crooked and warped generation but notice this we look towards the we look towards christ for that light but it also tells us to hold firmly to the word of life which is referred to as jesus but also the word that is given to us spoken here in scripture how firmly do you hold to this is this your guide because if we're grumbling, if we don't care about scripture, if we don't care about Jesus, good luck being a star in the dark. Because it's only through the power of God and his light that we can shine brighter than stars. Okay? So first one, I'm going to remind you guys. First one is this. Obey God. And he's the center of Christianity. Christianity. And we are to obey him and rely upon him even in our obedience. Secondly, shine like a light. Be a star in a warped and crooked generation. But do it without grumbling. Do it without arguing. But serving one another. And look how Jesus did it. And have that as our ultimate God. Lastly, Philippians chapter 2 verses 17 to 18 say this. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. We see here Paul is showing us what it's like to be a servant of God and be joyful. A man who is in prison, a man who was beaten many times, who was in the middle of shipwrecks and many other afflictions. But yet he was joyful. Constantly traveling, sharing the gospel, meeting with churches, encouraging them, dealing with, as you know people, many church issues. But yet he says that he's joyful even if he was being poured out like a drink offering. Because he was willing to be obedient even to the extent of death, which was his end. And so my last point for you guys is this. No matter what God may call you to, talking to each of you individually no matter what god may call you to if you're being poured out god can still bring joy in your life i'll say that again no matter what god may call you to i'm pretty sure my grammar is wrong here but it's okay if you're being poured out god can still bring joy in your life i can't tell you how many times i needed to hear that even in my role currently that In my past 10 months, I've had much stress, much anxiety, much even frustration, tiredness, weariness, all these things. Ask Haley. She told me, dude, you look tired. (laughs) But I could have done better to be joyful in the midst of it all. And I want to learn from Paul in this that it is an honor to have been able to serve you guys as Paul is writing to uh, Timothy and the church and the elders that are in Philippi, his joy comes from their faith. And my hope and my prayer for each and every single one of you is that you guys all know, come to know Christ. And if one person, one person through everything came to know the living God, then it was all worth it. And I I fully say that with full assurance of everything that has happened. That I am joyful to be able to serve you guys and to be served by each and every single one of you as well. Friendships that even when you're gone, I miss you, right? (laughs) French long-lasting friendships, new friendships, friends that I hope we continue to meet, friends that came back into my life. New friends from a friend. (laughs) He's like my best buddy now. So many people that I see, that I see on Sundays, names that I know and lives that I've been able to share with. That I am so joyful, hardships to be able to carry with. I, 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 I see it. And I loved every single moment of it. So I'm thankful to be able to be your guys' pastor. And I'm so excited for the future. I want you to know that. We don't know who God is bringing in. We don't know who God is bringing in, but I assure you, God knows who it is. And I trust his plan more than my ability. And so I am so excited for the future of young adults. We have an amazing coordinator, Haley, who's been like the backbone of this ministry and kept me in check when I'm trying to go to AWOL. (laughs) Dealing with my stuff, you know. She's great. She's going to be with you guys. She's going to be the anchor to this ministry in this transition. But I will be praying for you guys. I will be hoping. I will be, can't, I'll be expectant to see what happens next year. And I'm just, I'm just excited. Sad, but excited. Because we started something new. And each and every single one of you guys here, we're a part of that. And I want you to know that. Seven months in, y'all. Seven months in. This is brand new. And every single one of you guys have been a part of that. So I want to leave you with a main idea or kind of a takeaway. Uh, I shared this with junior high when I left. I shared this with fourth, fifth when I left. And I'm going to share it with you guys as well. Cling to the gospel and promises of our God, for he is always enough. I'll say that again. Cling to the gospel. And promises of our God. For He is always enough. This has carried me through everything. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope this ministry puts the gospel in the place of where it needs to be at the full front, Jesus Christ in the center of it all. So that is my last words to you guys to cling to the gospel and promises of our God. For He is always enough. And I encourage you, anything you may be going through, past, present, future, he is always enough. I'll pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, man, what a bittersweet uh, time. A time of rejoicing for God, all the ways that you have showed up, all the ways that you have Quipped, um me, <laughs> a man who was called dumb when he was in high school all the time, and no theological study or anything. God, it is all to the grace of you. And so, God, I pray for the future of YA. I pray for the future of the young adults. Um, God, I pray that this just becomes a place where people come to release, where people come to ask questions about their faith, wrestling that they're having in their life, asking for prayer, a community where they know they can come to be loved, where they know that their brother and sister is there for them. God, I thank you for these past seven months and your faithfulness through it all, for giving us a grant that we will be able to use for next year, for supplying us a worship team that is so gifted as the one that is up here, for giving us uh, If anybody lives out to do everything without grumbling, it is our tech team in the back. God, I thank you for their presence and their work. God, I thank you for our serve team. The young adults that choose to, where this may be their getaway, they choose to serve regardless. I thank you for all the people that walked alongside every step of the way. And God, oh man, I'm just so excited to hear five years from now, just God, all that you have done, I will be praying earnestly. And God, I just pray that each and every single person here comes to know you if they already don't. And if they do, God, if they do and they feel heavy and heavy laden and burdened and a heavy yoke, I pray, Father, they stop trying to rely on themselves. I pray, Father, that they look towards the cross and the light of you. If they put on the yoke that is light I pray, God, they look to the Father and the God who is faithful through anything, who gives us the power to fulfill his will. For God, for one who sent his own son to die for us, God, the list can go on and on and on. The one who laid the foundations of the earth, the one who commands the thunder to, to sh- go and they say, where? The one who tells the, the lilies to grow, who dresses the lilies. The one who tells the mountains to move. The one who tells the winds to blow from here and there. The one who tells the planets to orbit in in this way. The one who tells the stars to, to worship. The one who tells the animals and all the things that you have created to glorify you. And God, the one who died for a sinner like me. What a wonderful God. That no human ability, no human wits, no human effort can even stand up to how great our God is. The majesty, the beauty, the splendor who commands all things and they listen. So God, we thank you. We thank you for your love thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your grace, your justness, your righteousness. And God, we just ask today that you fill this room with your presence. May you anoint the next pastor that comes up who will take the mantle and continue to take this farther than I could ever take it. May you anoint and have grace that abounds upon that person. So, God, we thank you for all things. We thank you for simply who you are, who you have been, and who you will always be. So, God, in this last song, may we sing a heart of joy, regardless of us being poured out. May we sing a heart of joy, regardless of our circumstances, a heart of joy, regardless of what may be happening. Because, God, we have a light of life. Jesus Christ who dwells in us today. So we thank you and I thank you. We say this in Jesus' wonderful and beautiful name. Amen. Amen.
1: Would you guys um, just stand and sing with us. And if you guys need prayer, um, Haley and Jason are going to be on the side. Um, I just encourage you guys, if you guys came in with something. Um, a burden, or just it was a tough week, and you just want some prayer, or uh, you just went through a really hard season of life, and you just need some, um, yeah, just prayer for anything, to just go and talk to Haley and Jason, um, they would love to pray over you. But would you guys sing this song with us? Oh, my words short,
0: I've got nothing. you come.
1: Father, God, you are a good, good father, Lord. And we lift up your name and we praise your name, God. When all we have is a hallelujah, when words fall short, Father, you are so, so good. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: Amen. Uh, let's give it up for our worship team. Yay. Awesome. You guys can take a seat real quick um, as we wrap up the night. Um I just want to be real with you guys and encourage you guys that even with this transition um, of finding a new um, young adult pastor, our young adult ministry is going to continue. We have a lot of momentum. We're going really strong. Um, So we have future events um, and future young adult nights. Kyle Hart is speaking at our next one. There he is in the back. That is on... August 10th, so um, we'll see you guys this Sunday, um, but then we'll see you guys August 10th for our next young adult night. Um, So in the meantime, though, with um, this transition, obviously I'll still be around, and then Pastor Eric Holmstrom is going to kind of be stepping in as the interim um, pastor to help me kind of run the ministry um, while we're still searching for our next young adult pastor. So if you guys could be praying for that, um, for this ministry, that would be fantastic. Um, per usual, um, we end the night with games, so you guys are free to stay till 9 o'clock. Um, but before then, um, I just want to invite up Jason and his wife, Joe, and I would love if we could just pray over them um, and also just say thank you for this time that you guys have led this ministry um, the last 10 months, right? Yeah, 10 months. Crazy. Um, so, yeah, you guys can give it up for them. Yeah. Yeah, um, you just, guys have just done such a great job of leading this ministry with humility, um, authenticity, I think just through, you guys know Jason's sermons, he's so real up on stage, um, sharing real parts of his life, um, baby, have you guys told them the name yet?
2: His name is his, by the way, his, uh, <laughs> Malachi. Malachi. Kuntara Abasta is his full name. So we'll call him Kai. That'll be, yeah.
3: (laughs) That's so cool. Um, And guys, the good news is the Abastas are not leaving Purpose Church. This is still going to be their home church. Um, So you guys will see them around. So this isn't a goodbye. It's just a, hey, we'll see you around, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... I'd love if you guys wanna maybe stand down here um, and I'd love if, I'll pray, but if anyone in the room would like to come and just lay hands over the Abastas, um, I'd encourage you if they've impacted your faith or your life at all, I'd invite you to come stand up here and just lay hands of prayer over them. Um, But if you wanna stay in your seat, you can just um, extend your hands out. Um, Also, we also wanna pray for, per Jason's request, we wanna pray for Kaylee, um, I know she hates being put on the spot, but Kaylee um, and her husband, Nick, are um, in the mid-transition to a new church because Nick got an internship there, um, so, which is awesome, super stoked. Um, so tonight is also Kaylee's last night on our serve team, but again, we'll see her around every once in a while, um, so we're going to pray for both of them. All right. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We are so grateful for Pastor Jason and his wife, Joanne, that you've brought them to lead this young adult ministry the last 10 months. Um, You've seen just how they have passionately loved you first and foremost and loved the young adults at Purpose Church. Um, Old faces, new faces, they've just been so welcoming to everyone here, and they've just led with so much kindness and Smiles open at the door um, every Thursday night, um, and even on Sundays, they show up so consistently to your house, Lord. We thank you for the way they've led this ministry and helped each of us in this room grow closer to you, Jesus. Um, I pray for the next steps in their life as their family is growing. Would you bless this pregnancy and this family growth that um, all would go well and stay healthy? Um, and whatever next um, pastor that you bring into this ministry with this pastor feel the um, foundation that Jason has set um, and just continue propelling this ministry forward. Lord, we love you so much. And we also lift up Kaylee and Nick um, as they move to a new church. We thank you for the time they've been here and just um, lift up that they would grow closer to you, Lord, and utilize um, what they've learned here and bring it there and um, just continue growing our family as a body of believers. Lord, we love you so much. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can hang out till nine.